Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Colossians 2, 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. The sweetest words he ever said was, I forgive. He has forgiven you, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Praise God. Thank God for the cross. I thank God for the precious cross that Jesus carried, that he was nailed to, that he died on. Every event in human history led up to the cross, and every event since that time is a result or will have to go through the prism of the cross. Amen. I thank God for that moment, those six hours when Jesus hung on that cross. I'm going to talk to you today about a, 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 an aspect of the cross. Before I do, I want to read to you, and just remain standing. I won't take a second, just a second. These are the headlines today from Fox News website. These are the headlines from this morning, just today. North Korea talks begin. Our Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is involved. And why are we talking in North Korea? We're talking to them because of the threat of nuclear war. We're talking to them because they have nuclear warheads. And at the push of a button, nations could be disintegrated. That's why we're having talks. Next headline, United Kingdom fears more attacks. And we were stunned and awakened Thursday morning to the report of the bombings in the subway system in London. My wife and I have ridden those subways. And uh, we saw the expressions of terror and fear and sorrow upon our friends across the sea. It's quite a world we live in. Here's another headline, Afghan soldiers beheaded. And then right under that in the same area, it said Navy SEAL allegedly killed. Another headline, Iraq bombings kill 33. Karate chief found in water, family shot while asleep. Another headline, 200 feared dead in Indonesia because of a ferry that sunk. Another one, forensic divers seek Natalie. We all know who Natalie is. She's the 18-year-old who went to Aruba on a high school graduation trip and hasn't been seen since May 30th. Western wildfires spread. It's the time of the fires again in Southern California. People losing their houses, a lot of trouble. The last one in this block of headlines said prediction Catholic abuse scandal could cost $2 billion. 
It's a troubled world, a violent world. And the prophecy is coming to pass when evil men and seducers shall wax worse or become worse and worse. But I'm here today with a message of hope in a troubled world. There is hope today, but not in the government, not in society. There is hope today, but not in religion. But there is hope today in God. There is hope today in the Word of God that is forever settled in heaven. Amen. I've told you this before, but one of my Bible school teachers, Brother Kelsey Griffin, he was talking about heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Word of God shall not pass away. He put his Bible down. Call it sacrilegious if you want to, but he stood on it. I'm not going to, but he did. He said, when this world is shaking and reeling and rocking and rolling, he said, only those who stand on the Word of God will be able to stand and will be able to stay. Hallelujah. Let's thank God for His Word today. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And listen, with all of the trouble, with all of the trouble, with all of the problems, with all of the world unrest that we're facing today, I'm still not afraid to raise a family in the 21st century. If you're afraid to bring kids into the world, get over it. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be afraid to bring children into the world. Amen. We're not fearful. We're not afraid. We're not going to live our lives in terror and in fear and, and in dread because we have a power and we have hope and we have an authority. And I'm going to tell you, the church is the only hope for this world because of what's in the church. And what's in the church is the name of Jesus and the blood that still flows from Calvary and the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's still our ticket out of here, praise God. And it's still our authority to live for Him as long as we're here. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank Him for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. My subject today is to be explained to you in just a minute. You may be seated. Power. That is what mattered most to Napoleon. He wanted power. And he got it. Under his leadership, the armies of France won stunning victories and extended France's control far beyond their own borders. But that wasn't enough for Napoleon. He knew there was one thing, one force that blocked him and stood in his way, in his goal to achieve worldwide domination. It is said that one day Napoleon gathered all of his top officials together in a field tent and they got around a large table and on that table there was laid across it a large map of the known world primarily Europe and on that white pristine map the map of their strategy the map of their military exploits the map of their conquest and their future intentions of domination right in the middle of that map 
was a big red spot. And that spot was England. And pounding his fist on the table, it is said that Napoleon raged. If it wasn't for that red spot, I could have it all. But try as he might, England was standing in his way. England remained solidified and steadfast and would not go away. I can picture it this afternoon. Satan gathers his minions of demonic lieutenants around hell's large planning table. And he spreads the map out of the world. And they celebrate and they wring their hands and they let little gleeful, impish chorus of wimps and whines and withers out. And, and Satan says, look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished. Look how many souls we've conquered. Look how many cities we have in our control. Look at how many nations of the world are given to witchcraft and to voodoo and to the occult and, and our plan is going well and then all of a sudden he stops and his eyes buck out and he says oh if it wasn't for that red spot I could have it all that spark, spot marks a heel in Israel just outside the city of Jerusalem. On that hill stands a cross stained with nine quarts of blood that flowed out of seven fountains of the body of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And Satan knows that he can only go so far. With almost uncontrolled rage, he shouts, if it wasn't for that red spot in Jerusalem, I could have all the souls. If it wasn't for that red spot right there, every soul would be mine. I would afflict. I would torment. I would take with me to hell. I would destroy. But I'm glad to be able to tell you tonight that no matter how much hell rages and no matter how violent Satan becomes and even though the Bible says in the last days that he will come down in great wrath, great anger because he knows he has a short time yet there is one red spot that resists him. It holds him back. It stops his progress. It keeps him at bay. And it's the spot where Jesus Christ poured out his blood. And I'm thankful for the precious blood of Jesus Christ today. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, let's thank the Lord for precious blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. That red spot is the devil's graveyard and it can be the graveyard for his hellish plans for you if you make what happened at Calvary personal in your life can you say amen to secular historians what happened on Mount Calvary was simply the brutal crucifixion of 
may be innocent or guilty man. But from God's side of the story, it was at that red spot that he forgave all of our sins. He took principalities and powers out of the way, Paul told the Colossians or the saints at Colossae. He said he removed principalities and powers and he nailed them to the cross and he made a show of them openly. I'll get to that in a minute. Triumphing over them in it. Amen. Everybody say triumph. Friend, that's not just the name of a motorcycle. Amen. Triumph. Say it again. Triumph means victory goes to the superior foe in a contest. Jesus was triumphant over Satan, over death, over hell, and the grave. Triumph is the act of being victorious or being successful. Oh, hallelujah. When we lift our hands in the presence of Jesus Christ, we are worshiping a deity that has never been defeated. There are no footnotes to the history of Jesus Christ's battles. You know, there's been a lot of talk about steroids in Major League Baseball and, and Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Bobby Bonds and, and, excuse me, that was his dad, Barry Bonds. I go back away, sorry. And, and, and now the debate is, you know, do their records count? And do their home run records count? And some purists are saying that, well, now baseball's been scandalized. And in the record books, we need to put asterisks. You know, there won't be one by Babe Ruth, and there won't be one by Lou Gehrig, and there won't be an asterisk by Harmon Killebrew, who had to throw the Minnesota Twin in there. There's not going to be any asterisk by these guys because it was just pure, sheer power. But, you know, Mark McGuire and those guys, you know, they probably took the juice, and, and it pumped them up and gave them superhuman strength. Well, let me tell you something, friend. There's not going to be any asterisk. There's not going to be any footnotes and no notations. Amen. When history records the victories of this great God, and when we lift our hands, we're worshiping a God who has never been defeated and he will never be defeated and he has all power over all sickness, all sin, all disease, all shame, all guilt. Hallelujah! We're in the presence of a God who has done it all. He's faced the biggest, baddest, worst of them. He defeated every giant. He's taken authority over sickness. He can cast out any devil. He can destroy any work of the flesh. When we praise him, we're thanking God for the red spot at Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Triumph is the act of being victorious or successful. And in those days that Paul was writing about in Colossians chapter 2, when a general of war conquered another general of an opposing army, Three things happened. First of all, the defeated leader was put in chains and he was hitched to a horse. He had to walk behind a horse. That's pretty humiliating. Just let your imagination run wild. He's walking behind a horse in chains. All of his armor's been stripped from him, all of his medals, all of his victories, and he is defeated and he walks and he's drug along with his head hung down. And when Paul said that Jesus Christ spoiled Satan and was victorious with him from his perfect work that he nailed to the cross, he is saying that Satan is a stripped, whipped, defeated foe. 
And the only way that he can ever exercise power in your life is if you give it to him. The only way he can have authority of any kind in your life or influence is if you extend it to him. If you listen to him, if you fall subject to his temptations and his tactics and, his, and the way that he operates, operates. The Bible said we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. The reason we're not ignorant of him is he's been playing the same old games with man for 6,000 years of man's history. And he's been playing the same old games with some of us as long as we can remember. But because of that red spot at Calvary, when we call on the name of Jesus and we plead his blood, amen, amen, Christ made a show of him openly and paraded him about in humiliation. Can you say amen? The second thing that happened when one victor conquered the other, all the prisoners were set free that had been held captive in the other country. In just one fell swoop, one moment of deliverance they all were set free and thirdly gifts were handed out to the people that lined the streets of the conquering general that's what they would do they would conquer them they would go into their cities and their villages and their palaces they would get the the plunder of war and as the, that whip general was walking behind the horse of the conquering general the other soldiers would take gifts and people would line the streets and and they would pass out the gifts and people would celebrate hallelujah amen the Bible said uh, amen that before Christ ascended he first descended into the lower parts of the earth and he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men and I'm telling you there are gifts in this house today that are the spoils of victory that what Christ did for us at Calvary I know it's an old message I know some of us have heard it since we were knee-high to a grasshopper but I'm telling you that we've got to have the power of Calvary alive in our lives today we've got to have the blood flowing over us and keeping us from the vile and the evil of this world hallelujah amen Jesus causes me to triumph amen I want to talk to you about the power of blood there are three things that blood does the power of blood goes beyond the realm and specifically the blood of Jesus Christ the power of the blood everybody say the blood there's only one, the blood. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. The power of the blood goes beyond the realm of dealing with sin. I'm not going to minimize that, and I'm going to talk about that, but I want you to hear Hebrews 9:22 afresh and anew. Without shedding of blood, there is no... Does it say of sins up there? That's how we usually quote it. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. But with the shedding of blood, there is remission. Remission. Hallelujah. Everybody say remission. That means put away. That means drive back. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe in the power of the Word of God. And I believe there's power when the Word of God is preached by a servant of God. 
and whatever you have need of in your life, when the Word of God is going forth, not just as the logos, which is the, the Greek word for the, the sum total of God's thoughts and His ideas, but when the Word of God is going forth as a rhema word, which is the sword of the Spirit, amen, it's a portion of the Word that is believed in the heart and is spoken with the mouth. That takes the Word of God to a new dimension because it brings it alive and it makes it real and it makes it personal. And then Paul talks about a sure word of prophecy. And he also talks about an open door of utterance. And when I was praying about this and thinking about this message, I had a vision in my spirit that while I'm preaching this word today and I'm talking to you about the blood. The blood. Hallelujah. Oh, I know that physically that blood is not flowing today. I know that 2,000 years ago when they took Jesus down off the cross, I don't know what happened to the cross, but they washed his body and they purified it and they wrapped it and they got it ready for burial. And whatever happened to the cross, it was probably the scaffolding of that cross was used before and was mingled with the blood of many other malefactors and the patabulum which was that hundred pound cross piece that Jesus carried it may have specifically and uniquely only had his blood I know that that blood has long dried up but let me tell you something in the cauldron of heaven's glory amen there is a holy of holies and that blood still flows there today and it still flows in this room today because it's in the Bible and because I'm preaching it to you today. Hallelujah. So the Lord seemed to give me a vision that as I'm preaching, there's going to be healing in this house today. Healing for your mind because the brow of Jesus was opened up with the thorns that went into his brow. He took the thorns in his brow. The fountain was open so that your mind, when it becomes tormented, when you get discouraged, when you get overwhelmed with depression, hallelujah, there's power in the blood. And when I'm preaching to you today because of the crown of thorns that he took on his brow, God's able to heal your mind. He's able to heal the actions of your hands. If your hands are not in obedience to the word of God, both of his hands were open. The blood flowed. And he's able to heal your hands and take them out of the places of iniquity and put your hands up in the sanctuary where you can lift up holy hands. Amen. His heart was opened up. And God's able to heal your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And God's able to heal your words. He's able to heal what you speak. So that death doesn't come out of your mouth anymore. For the Bible said the power of death and life are in the tongue. But he heals your heart today. He can heal your heart today. He can heal the words of your mouth. So that you can be like David who said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Brother Jim Larson, who uh, has preached here many times, he's our friend from San Diego. Soon after they moved to San Diego, his wife, Sister Joni Larson, developed shingles in her body. And then there were other complications, and she was so sick, she missed church for several weeks until Brother Jeff Arnold was coming to preach, and she so much wanted to hear him preach, so 
they got some people together and they literally carried her into church and they laid her on the pew. But as he was preaching the word of God, listen, friend, it doesn't take skill. It's not in the skill of the communicator. It's not in the vocabulary of the presenter. That's not where the power is. It's not in the semantics. It's not in the dr dramatization. It's not in the antics of the preacher that heals anybody. It's simply when the rhema word goes out. And while he was preaching, she suddenly felt strength come into her body. And she got up on her elbow. And then she sat up. And before that service was over, she was shouting and worshiping and praising God. Amen. Because God healed her when she listened to the preaching of the word of God. Oh, friend, there's power in that name. There's power in that blood. There's power in the word of God. Amen. You can receive healing today in your mind, your emotions, your will, your body, your soul. Oh, thank God for the blood. It still reaches to the highest mountain and it still flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power hallelujah sister Cantrell you and brother Cantrell and Jonathan if the Lord tarries you're going to be going to the mission field sister Darla if the Lord tarries you're going to be going back to the mission field amen and we're going to send out other missionaries we got uh, Vanitas in uh Bolivia, right? She's in Bolivia right now. Listen. Every time we send our kids out of our house, I'm sorry to make the world a big bad guy, but it is a big bad guy. I don't know if I told the church this or not, but Gateway Graduation Weekend on Thursday night, my son Justin and I were in my vehicle and we were driving to we were driving to the gateway banquet and I just told him I said well let's call mom and soon, no sooner did I say it she calls my cell phone and my wife is normally calm cool and collected and I'm sorry honey I should have got permission but she was hysterical Stan I can't find Caleb oh friend that's a parent's worst night you know, when I was a kid, back in the dark ages, I would leave the house after breakfast and I wouldn't come back except for food and water. I'd be gone from sunrise to sunset. My mom and dad didn't have the foggiest, didn't even care. Didn't worry where I was. I tell my kids that today, my little kids, and they think like that's something right out of sci-fi. You got to write. You, you rode your bike further than one block away from the house? Yeah. Ten-mile radius, nine, ten years old, going everywhere. In fact, the neighbors told my mom and dad, Bateman's lived across the street, and Mr. Bateman used to call me the king of the neighborhood because I knew who everybody was, where everybody was, what was going on, who was coming and going, and what the action was, and I knew everything. Eight years old, king of the neighborhood. And... Uh, She's hysterical. Can't find Caleb. Well, have you been to Griffin's house? Yes, we've been there. They're not home. Have you been to Eric's? Oh, we went over there. He's not over there. Have you been to Chase's house? Yes, we've been to Chase's house. But we've knocked on the door. We rang the doorbell. Nobody's there. You got to go back. You got to go back to Chase's house. Friend, it was 20 minutes of sheer terror. 
And I got to give God the glory because he gave my son Justin peace. We prayed. We were driving. We got back under the speed limit. Hallelujah. And then if I'm driving my car. I'm going to make sure I'm going no more in the speed limit. Amen. And so we're praying. And the, and the Lord gave Justin peace. I wish he'd give it to me, but I didn't get it. And you know, there's a verse for that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word evidence of things not seen, it means a legal tendered document that is signed. The evidence, it's the assurance of peace that comes into your heart before the actual promise becomes visible. Are you listening to me? That's why some people are always, oh, God. oh Jesus, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I can stand it. I don't know if other people, they've even got worse hell going on in their life. But they're, oh, what a beautiful morning. Well, I don't know if it ever gets that radical. And the other one's over there. Raindrops keep falling on my head. B.J. Thomas. Yeah. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. That's why when people go through severe sickness, when people go through severe pain, people that know God, people that love God. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to, to bring it up, but Brother D. Troy Williams got so close to God in those last few months of his life. He got so close to God. Here was a man that had a lot of living to do. Here was a man that had a lot of plans, and he had a lot of dreams, but I had to step back that man had peace that I didn't have. That man had joy that I didn't have. That man had tapped into a place in God. And it was his time to go physically into the presence of God. And I can tell you that he is healed today. Amen. In paradise, he is healed. Amen. In the presence of God. Amen. Sometimes we fret and we fear and we worry about things. But I want to tell you, friend, God is able to give you peace. He's able to give you the assurance of peace. We don't need to live our lives in fear. We don't need to live our lives in anxiety because there's a red spot outside of the city of Jerusalem on a hill called Mount Calvary. And he destroyed principalities. And he nailed them to the cross. Amen. And he purchased our salvation. And he won our victory once and for all. Hallelujah. So finally, the call comes back. Oh, we found him. We found him. I was worthless the rest of the night. He was in Chase's basement playing video games. The doorbell was broke. It's down 14 stairs to the basement, all carpeted. They can't hear a thing down there. The phone number we had was a, an old number. It was, the, it was the comedy of errors, except it wasn't very funny. And he was there. Thank God. When we send our kids out, our children. Brother and Sister Larmy, you're school teachers. You're in the school system. You see these kids. You see the ragged, torn destructive lives and all of the mess you know what drugs has got into grade schools and sex is in grade schools and here are these sweet school teachers they got a little baby coming and it's a boy right 
I say, bring him on. Hallelujah. Bring him on. Amen. Parents, when we send our kids out, amen, especially when they go to school, we need to pray over them every day. Listen to me. We need to pray over them every day. Don't say, well, I prayed Sunday. That's good enough. No. Pray over them every day. Sister Walker, you gave me a little book called About the Blood. Do you remember that? You gave me a little book, and I took a look at it, and my wife said, is this Sister Walker's book? She just asked me this, I think, yesterday. And I said, yes, it is. I said, we need to give it back to her. She said, well, I want to read it first. She said, did you give that to us? Oh, well, we thank you for that. It's a book on the blood. Amen. It's a powerful book. It talks about the efficacious power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen. Listen, children. I know that I've said some gruesome things. I've said some things about how evil and perverse this world is. That's why we got to stay in the Word. That's why we got to stay in the church. That's why we've got to stay in the blood. Hallelujah. Because the blood is a defense that Satan cannot penetrate. And the blood is a weapon that he cannot defend. Hallelujah. The blood... Amen. Is a power that he cannot stop. He doesn't know what to do with it. He cannot control it. I'm going to tell you, we need to plead the blood over our kids, over our marriages, over our spouses, over our parents, over our grandchildren. We need to plead the blood over our houses, over our vehicles, over every food we eat. Listen, when I go out to eat, I don't ever pray this at home. But when I go out to eat, if I'm the one saying the prayer, and if I'm not, I say it in my spirit. I say, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. Keep it from all disease and sickness. We're protected. We're protected. We're protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the priest would sprinkle the blood on almost everything. They would catch the blood of the animal in the cauldron, and he would dip a branch of hyssop, which was a, a leafy branch, and he would dip it in the blood, and then he would start sprinkling it. If you'd have walked in there after the priest was done, you'd have thought it was the chainsaw massacre or something. I mean, there was blood everywhere, and he would... He would uh, bless it and he would shake the hyssop and the blood would be sprinkled on everything and what wasn't sprinkled with blood was anointed or dabbed with anointing oil those priests and Levites had complete confidence in the power of the blood that whatever it touched it would cleanse it it would deliver it it would protect it the priest understood that according to God's law the blood was totally purgative I want you to notice the word that Luke uses in verse 24, 47. Luke was a doctor. And Luke said, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. He was a physician. He knew what remission meant and what it meant then. It still means now. When someone has a disease in their body and they experience remission as some of you have, it means that the disease is no longer advancing. It has come to a stop and hopefully is now retreating and is going in reverse direction. And I want to tell you that the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world 
is able to attack sin not only at its circumference but it's able to attack sin at its core and it is able to stop it it is able to abort it it is able to cause it to cease to advance and not only that but it's able to drive it back thank God for the remission of sins Thank God for the waters of baptism right over here in Jesus' name. We got three people that are going to be baptized in Jesus' name today. God is going to bring an end. Their sin is going to cease. They will not be held accountable for it anymore. It's going to go into remission. Woo. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Leviticus 17, 11, it's the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Oh, the blood makes the atonement. You know that the blood sacrifice was required for the sin of the people. And I can imagine one day this father and wife and mother and maybe two or three kids, they come bringing the little firstling, the little lamb, and they bring it to the priest. And the priest sets that lamb up on some kind of a table and examines it. He looks behind the ears. He looks in its mouth. He looks on its belly. He examines its legs and its feet. And what is the priest looking for? I'll tell you what he's looking for. He's examining this lamb to see if it's perfect. Because a lamb that would atone for the sin of the people could not have a blemish. That means that nobody here would qualify. I know I wouldn't. Moles and birthmarks and dry skin and a few other things we won't mention. Yeah. None of us would qualify because our bodies are not perfect. But that lamb, if it was perfect, the priest would shed its blood Notice that the priest would not examine the people. The priest did not examine the people that committed the sin. You see, God has an immutable law in his word, and that is the thing that is innocent has to die for the thing that is guilty. Amen. I got news for you. You were guilty. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have the verdict? Yes, Your Honor. We have the verdict. Would you please read, stand and read the verdict? We find the defendant guilty. That was me. That was you. Somebody say, that was me. Amen. That was me. Guilty. Amen. But if the lamb was perfect, the priest didn't have to examine the people. Because no matter what the sin was, lamb would take care of it oh hallelujah I don't know if you just heard what I just said amen listen when we come here today that's why the Bible said let a man examine himself let a man examine himself hallelujah we haven't come to examine you today we have not come to interrogate you we have not come here today to investigate you there is no Gestapo in this church there is no police force we're not worried about it amen because uh, we're sin abounded grace did much more abound we probably heard that verse last week hallelujah John the Baptist declared 
John the Baptist was the son of Zechariah. John's birth was prophesied, and he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And when the Spirit of God came on John that day as he was baptizing in Jordan, the Holy Ghost said, He is here. And John turns. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Listen, when John was a child, he had watched his father, Zechariah, who had many times examined the lamb. He had watched him go through the procedure. He turns him over on his back. He investigates him. He examines him. And if the lamb was perfect, the priest could declare that the lamb was without blemish and the blood was shed and the sin was re uh, held back, amen, for another year. And I'm going to tell you, friend, John the Baptist had seen that many times and Jesus was a near kin to him. And he was saying, I have examined this man. I am a priest and the son of a priest and there is no fault in him he is the Lamb of God who shall take away the sin of the world and that's why you don't have to worry about me and I don't have to worry about you we don't have to inspect each other all we need to do is go kneel on that one red spot at Calvary because the blood still flows and the Lamb is still perfect oh hallelujah amen he atoned for our sins but the blood of the Lamb does simply more than deliver us from sin. It has power to cover us. And it has power to protect us. Can you say amen? I want you to look at Exodus 8.23. Look at Exodus 8.23. The Lord said, I will put a division between my people and thy people. This is the word of the Lord to Pharaoh. Through the mouth of his prophet Moses. Amen. The new King James says, I will make a difference between my people and your people. And listen to what the Hebrew language reads. I will put redemption between my people and thy people. Amen. The Lord said, I'm going to make a difference between my people and the Egyptian people. I'm going to put a division between my people and the people of Egypt. I'm going to put redemption between my people and the people of Egypt. And this is a reference to when the death angel came. And Moses instructed the children of Israel to kill a lamb and to roast the lamb, take the blood and paint the blood, take a hyssop branch and paint the blood. This was the first what we call Passover. On the doorpost and on the lintel, put the blood all the way across uh, the door of your house and when the death angel comes if he sees the blood he will pass over and there will be no death but the house that does not obey the word of God and ignores the commandment of the Lord and does not apply the blood the firstborn in every household is going to die and I can tell you that the next day every Egyptian family was making a trip to the graveyard the next day Every Egyptian family was making a trip to the graveyard. But as far as we know, not one family of the children of God made a trip to the graveyard because they were covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well... You know, you're a Christian, I'm not a Christian. There's really not a whole lot of difference. 
I pay my taxes, you pay your taxes. I cut my grass, you cut your grass. You put on your pants the same way I put on mine. No big deal. Oh, listen, friends. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Not because of what we are, but because of what he did. There's a big difference. Say, well, one church is as good as another church. Oh, friend, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not going to tear anybody else's church down, but give me a church that baptizes by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You say, well, I was sprinkled when I was a baby. I was baptized by sprinkling in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, friend, uh, amen. I'm happy that, that, that your parents wanted to somehow present you to the Lord. But I got to tell you, and I stand in the Word of God, no one was ever sprinkled and no one was ever baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to take anything away from anybody. All I can do is preach what's in this book. Amen. Amen. Acts 22, 16 says, Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, uh, calling on the name of the Lord and washing away your sins. Hallelujah. Amen. There's something that happens in the waters of baptism. There's a divine miracle that takes place when you go down in the waters of baptism. Amen. The blood of Jesus begins to wash you. The blood of Jesus gets applied just like it did on the doorpost on the lintel. It gets applied to your life. It becomes the red spot of your heart. It becomes the red spot that sends sin into remission. It's the red spot that says, wait a minute, devil. You can't touch this. You can't destroy this. You can't go any further than this and the Lord said I'm going to make a difference I'm going to make a difference oh hallelujah oh hallelujah thank God for the difference I want you to stand with me in the presence of the Lord hallelujah praise God Hebrews 12 24 says and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The blood still speaks today. The blood of sprinkling that speaketh. What is the blood saying? I'll tell you what it's saying. It's speaking. When Satan comes against the child of God, the blood says, Stop! When disease and sickness orchestrated from hell tries to come against the child of God, the blood says, no, not here, not now, no, amen. One of our old precious Pentecostal elders by the name of G.T. Haywood barricaded himself in an office for seven days and he fasted and he prayed and he sought the Lord. It is said that one day he had such a revelation of the mighty God in Jesus Christ that he preached for seven hours without any notes. And nobody left. Because there was such an awesomeness and such a holiness. And when he came out of that office, he came out with another revelation. And it was this. On Calvary's hill of sorrow, where sin's demands were laid, 
and rays of hope for tomorrow across our path were laid I see a crimson stream of blood it flows from Calvary its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Listen to what he said. Today, no condemnation abides to turn Listen to this third verse. Oh, when gloom and sadness whisper, you send no news to pray. That's when I look away to Sing it with me. Oh, yes, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God. Our sweet over me. You know, when Jesus comes back for his church, he's going to be looking for the blood. He's going to be looking for the blood. Has his blood been applied to your life through repentance, through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, initially evidenced by speaking with other tongues? as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. You say, is the blood applied in every place? Yeah, it's applied at every place. Amen. At repentance, at water baptism, at the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is applied. It's applied. Has the blood been applied to your life today? It, if, if it has been applied, it is still efficacious, and it is flowing today. I want us to do what the old-timers used to do. They used to plead the blood. And when they would say, I plead the blood, there was a holiness you could feel. There was a sacredness about it. There was a sanctity about it. When the old timers would say, I plead the blood, I can still remember my dad 
when I was sick with a fever or some sickness in my body and he would come and lay his big old hand on my forehead and I would wait for those words I plead the blood I plead the blood and when I knew my daddy got to pleading the blood that it was going to be all right I want us to plead the blood over our families right now I want us to plead the blood over our jobs I want us to plead the blood over our communities I want us to plead the blood of Jesus over Kansas City and the metropolitan area. Let's plead the blood. That means, amen, be protected by the blood. It means be every adversity being driven back by the blood. All of the hell of imps and demons and Satan's minions are driven back through the power of pleading the blood of the Lamb of God. Come on, let's plead it. Let's plead the blood. Come on, say it. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my future. I plead the blood over my wife, my husband, my children, my parents. I plead the blood of Jesus. It still flows. It's still powerful. It still makes a difference in me and in the world. It still makes a difference with the people of God and the spirit of the people of the Egyptians. It still makes a difference. Oh, it still makes a difference. It still makes the difference. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I know it was the blood that saved me. Oh, Lord, I know it was the blood that washed me. I know it was the blood of Jesus Christ that made a difference in my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. I think we ought to sing about the blood for a little while. Sing it like this. Oh, thank God for the blood. Oh, thank God for the blood. Cleansing blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.